Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F dot org. Shoots and scores! Tomas Hurdle hits the jackpot! You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide. Brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Across the surface, far side to Marlowe. Marlowe, nice little move. Feeds back to Eric Carlson. He's open for a return feed. He gets it. He walks into the circle, lost it for a second, recovered it. Throws to Meyer behind the net. Near side feed for Kane. Now to EK65. Shoots. He scores! Eric Carlson gets his first of the year. That is a beautiful slap shot. It's a power play goal, and it drives another nail into the coffin of the Avalanche for the game as it makes the score of the Sharks 4 and Colorado 2. It was one of those games I think we play with a little bit of a, you know, a little little bit of a pissed off attitude from last game. I think that we were all uh, hurting a little bit after last game and we had to find a way to regroup. So I thought that we were on a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a mission tonight to try and uh, uh, rebound from that game. I think that, uh, um, you know, we just played a simple hockey game and I think that uh, we're, we're a different team now than we were when we went into Colorado beginning of the season. Um, you know, we've changed some things systematically, um, but we also, uh, um, you know, you learn from your mistakes and how to play that team and, uh, um, you, you, you can't give them, uh, uh, too much space or so obviously they'll, 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 they'll get you. So, uh, I thought that it was a game plan. The guys played uh, a smart game plan tonight and everybody, you know, followed on the same page. All right. Good morning, everyone. How are we all doing? If you're like me, you're in a much better mood than you were when you woke up on Sunday morning because that loss to St. Louis, it hurt. Let's not try and beat around the bush. Let's not try and say it was a learning experience or that's just the way it goes. No, I, I, those are all, you may make some argument to me about how you feel about that game that it was not emotionally devastating. I reject it. It was emotionally devastating. It was the type of game where you woke up the next morning and you said, what, what time can I drink today? At what point can I you know, justify cracking a Coors Light? Because when you lose a game where you score six goals, it's, just, it's not a good feeling. That's, that's the only way we're going to come down on it. It's not a good feeling in the slightest. But the Sharks, they rebounded and they came back against the Avs last night and played pissed off hockey. In my view, it was a response to what happened on Saturday night against the Blues. And that was exactly what they needed to do. They needed to play pissed off hockey. They needed to come out with an emotional response. They needed to play like a team. And I thought that for one of the rare instances this year, we saw them play like a team. We saw them play like a collective unit all working towards the same goal or same end, however you want to frame it. And I don't say that in the pejorative sense. I just say it as a, as a positive. I feel like a lot of times this year when I'm watching the Sharks, I've seen a bit of a disjointed group. I've seen a group that's still trying to find themselves. And I think that 
if we look at what we saw last night, this was one of, if not the only game this year where it truly looked like everybody was on the same page and you got efforts from all four lines and you got as close to a 60 minute effort as we've seen all year from the sharks. We'd all been waiting for this and they needed it. They needed to have this performance. It had been taking a while to get there for any number of reasons, but you like the fact that you're coming off just a devastating loss. You like the fact that you don't have Tomas Hurdle out there. And I say that because that means somebody else has to step up and other guys are maybe putting it on their shoulder. One guy in particular, Timo Meyer. Like I said before the last episode, Timo Meyer was one of those guys who I was saying, when's he going to show up? When's he going to show up? When is his effort going to be rewarded with results? Well, finally, his effort is being rewarded for two games in a row now. Timo Meyer has been an absolute beast. Comes off a two-goal game, has three assists last night, the first time in his NHL career. It was a huge part of what the Sharks did in that game. He was playing with physicality. He was playing with speed. He was playing with aggression. He was everything we know Timo Meyer is capable of being. And maybe Timo is one of those guys who just has a slow start to their season. Maybe that's how we're going to identify his work. But suddenly... It's coming on, he's making his presence felt, and he is a problem for the opposition, and that is exactly the way that it needs to be. Timo Meyer has responded to his lack of contribution earlier and is coming through when the Sharks needed him most. And before I get any further into this, let's not forget to talk about Martin Jones. First goal of the night, I didn't really think was on him. Second one, I thought he could have made the stop. After that, he shut it down. He came up huge time and time and time again. He was more aggressive. He was coming out of the crease. He just looked like he was seeing everything really, really clearly. And he came through with a big time performance to show that he could be the number one guy for the Sharks. And that's the thing that's been so frustrating with Martin Jones this year is that at times he has looked absolutely phenomenal like he did last night. And then at other times he's looked lost. And that inconsistency that we've seen from both Dubnik and Jones, it's affected the both of them. And I think a big part of that is some of the inconsistent play of the defense that's kind of put them in a whole crap, what's going to happen next type situation or mindset. Because there's a level of unpredictability that can happen to a goalie when your defense is not playing the way you need them to play. And last night, the Sharks, because they really dug in on defense, because they put themselves in positive positions, because they were slowing down the rush of Colorado, because they were able to hold on to sustained possession in the offensive zone, all these things allowed Jones to have a really, really good night. And I hope that this is something the Sharks can replicate going forward, recognizing all the things they did well, because we knew all the mistakes that the Sharks had been making. We saw all the problems. They didn't turn the puck over. They didn't have a terrible second period. They didn't have issues with their goalie. They might not have had a great night on faceoffs, but it didn't really come back to burn them. But overall, the issues that we keep on talking about with the San Jose Sharks, and like I said in the previous episode, it was time to stop talking about and identifying the problems. It was time to rectify those and just go out there and play. That's exactly what the San Jose Sharks did. And for Martin Jones to come back with a huge performance the way he did last night after a seven-goal game, and it doesn't matter that it was Dubnik that gave it up. It was just that 
as Bob Bugner constantly says, you need your goalie to come up with those big saves. You need your goalie to give you a chance to win. Martin Jones did exactly that. I know there's going to be people who are going to be saying that the Sharks caught the abs on a bad night or an off night or whatever it is. Listen, a team that is that talented, a team that has that capability, they're always on. They don't have off nights. They're just not always humming at 100%. And I think that what the Sharks did was take them out of that mindset where they felt that they could be at 100%, that they felt they could just be buzzing along. And the Sharks made them play a difficult game because, like we alluded to, they kept the puck in the offensive zone. They kept the Avs on their heels. They challenged them with physicality. They didn't turn the puck over. They didn't allow the Avs to have opportunities that they didn't earn themselves. And it was the Sharks showing that to get a performance like they got last night, it needs to be contributions across the board. And Another guy that we've been waiting for to get more and more production from him, Kevin LeBanc. Bob Bugner talked about it last week. It said LeBanc that was not getting the production that was commensurate with the effort he was showing out there on the ice. It seems like the pendulum is swinging in the opposite direction, and Kevin LeBanc is now being rewarded with more numbers to go in line with the overall effort that he's been putting forth on the ice. That is exactly what you want to see. When you watch... Timo Meyer come to life, when you watch LeBanc come to life, you feel like there is this pendulum swing and this happens in sports and some guys talk about it as a streaky nature or whatever you want to chalk it up to, or guys getting hot. You know, you can, you can quantify or qualify in any direction that you want, but I tend to think of it as we look at a guy's numbers over the course of their career. We look at what they are established as or what they are projected to be. And sometimes the pendulum swings hard in one direction and then it comes back in the other direction and we see a big time course correction. And you feel like that's happening lately with Timo Meyer, with Kevin LeBanc, with maybe now Eric Carlson as well. Carlson had a very positive showing in a game that ended up being a heartbreaking loss to St. Louis the other night, and he followed it up with another high-quality performance against the Avs last night. He was very effective on D. As Bob Bugner would say, there was more sandpaper in his game. There was more grit. He dug in on D. He did all the things that you expected Eric Carlson to be capable of doing. He made the big passes. He played like a rover on offense and a D-man on defense. He was everything that you expected Eric Carlson to be, and he was finally rewarded with that goal kept on firing from the blue line, kept on putting pucks towards the net. And that's exactly what you want Eric Carlson to see. And I I, I saw it a little bit last year um, when he started to get healthier as the year went on. You saw more of that Eric Carlson that was playing pissed off hockey. And I love that I was seeing more of that from Eric Carlson last night. You saw more of the explosion in his skating. You saw more of him being aggressive going after the puck and getting the puck to the net. And just overall was playing a more aggressive game. And I think that was Eric Carlson probably pissed off with everything the way it had gone this year for him. And he wanted to go out there and show that he could be that big time superstar player again. He played like a superstar last night. That goal he scored was a superstar's goal. And at the end of the night, after 22 minutes and change on the ice, he walks away with a plus three rating on the night. He had a goal. He was impactful. He looked exactly like the guy you expected him to be. And that, to me, after watching him be pretty close to that same type of guy two nights prior against St. Louis, it means things are trending in the right direction. It means he's healthy. It means that he's not impacted by a groin that's maybe slowing him down. And 
You would hope that at this point he takes this performance and feeds off of it and starts having more and more high caliber, high quality performances just like this, because that's exactly why the Sharks signed him. You saw what he was capable of. We've all seen what Eric Carlson is capable of. It just hasn't been consistent enough. When he came here in the 2018-2019 season, he had some magical moments, but he was also hampered by injury. Last year, he was not 100% to start the year, started rounding into form, and then, of course, he had the injury that shut down his season. This year, he's healthy coming into the season, deals with the groin issue. That starts slowing him down. He shuts it down for a couple of weeks, and now he's back out there, and he's looking exactly like the Eric Carlson you expect him to be. You want him to have that freedom on offense. You want him to be creative. You want him to be using his speed, his skating, his overall vision, all the things he can do on offense. And then he dug in and he played hard defense. I mean, that's what I really appreciated watching him last night is that he was playing at both ends of the ice. It's not like he was just being a creator. It's not like he was just trying to be the offensive wizard that he's capable of being. He was playing it hard. He was playing it rough on both ends of the ice. And all of these things helped the Sharks get themselves to a win. But I am an Eric Carlson fan. I've been excited since the day he became a member of the San Jose Sharks. And what we've seen over the last two games make me very hopeful and very positive on where his game is trending. But overall, the fact that you had six different players scoring goals, the fact that you got contributions across the board, the fact that it was a guy like Shimek, the fact that it was a guy like Balsers and Leonard in conjunction with Kane and LeBanc and Carlson, that's a team effort. You know, you watch an NBA game and you see you have a night where you have five or six guys in double-digit scoring. When you see six guys scoring goals, that's a good sign. And then you got two assists from Kane, three assists from Meyer, one from Balsers, one from Burns, one from Vlasic, one from Couture, one from Gambrell. That's a team that saw a big-time correction in one game versus another. And it was a correction that was due. But I do really want to highlight the fact that you had Balsers and Shimek and Leonard coming through on that scoreline in conjunction with LeBanc, Carlson, and Kane because LeBanc, Carlson, and Kane are expected to get it done. You're not looking at Shimek, Balsers, and Leonard to quote-unquote get it done. But these guys, if they can come through and be contributing members on the offense, especially a guy like Leonard because as a rookie you see so much potential with him because of his speed, that physicality, when you watch these guys come through, it makes you think that things can develop quickly over the course of this season. We know who the established guys are. We know who the guys are that have got the big paychecks. But who are the guys amongst the next generation, the guys who are trying to earn those paydays, who are those guys going to be that step up to the plate? Because we've watched this Sharks team. We've watched Tomas Hurdle step up. We've watched Logan Couture step up. We've watched Timo Meyer step up. We've watched these guys put in their time, pay their dues, and make their mark on the NHL. And now you're looking at these guys and seeing who is next. Who is going to be the next generation of Sharks players that we are talking about in five, six, seven years that came onto the scene and really changed things like a Logan Couture, like a Tomas Hurdle. And it's not even a like-for-like -like comparison because when Cooch and Hurdle came in, 
They were joining much better teams, much more complete teams that had guys that would put them in greater positions to succeed. I mean, that's not what the Sharks are right now, so it almost makes the efforts from your, that you're seeing from these guys that much more interesting to watch because they probably have to do a little bit more on their own. They're probably not, not being put in the same type of level of space to succeed, for lack of a better term. So to watch these players contribute, I think you do appreciate, A, the effort, but B, the potential. But all in all, it was the closest to a 60-minute effort that we've seen all year from the Sharks. We saw them playing pissed-off hockey. We saw them playing collectively as a unit. We saw them addressing the mistakes that they had been making consistently over the course of pretty much the entirety of the season, and they didn't commit those same sins. They didn't turn the puck over. They didn't do all the things that we've watched them do time and time again and say, yep, they're doing exactly what we've identified them as doing. It gets a little old, right? When you watch these guys do the same thing over and over and you're all saying, I can see the mistakes. They can see the mistakes. We're all tired of identifying this. And it seems like the guys on the ice were as well. And they played as close to a perfect game as they've played all year. They played as close to a 60-minute effort as they've played all year. And they played as close to a total team effort as they have done all year. And it's not going to be easy. I don't expect them to be able to replicate this on any given night. But I think now they have a greater idea of what they need to do and also what they are capable of doing. This seems like the type of win that can send the Sharks tumbling in the right direction for once. We've been waiting for this team to have that springboard moment where things start trending in the right direction. It hasn't happened as of yet, but as I keep on alluding to, that pendulum might swing in the opposite direction, just as it is swung on Timo Meyer, just as it is swung on Eric Carlson, just as it is swung with regard to Evander Kane, who has been one of the most consistent performers on the Sharks after having an inconsistent start. The pendulum swings, and you can hope that that correction that we see is not the Sharks finally being rewarded with their first two-game winning streak, but hopefully two, three, four, and beyond, winning six out of seven, taking care of business over the remainder of this homestand. Whatever I perceive or you perceive as the correction, let's hope that that's what we see now over the next five games at home. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we'll hear what Bob Bugner, Eric Carlson, Logan Couture, and Kevin LeBanc had to say about tonight's quality performance against the Abs. When I'm listening to the game, I like to keep things chill in my Coors Light Sharks onesie. In fact, I'm wearing it right now. That's a cold Coors Light for my insulated left pocket. And that's a cold Coors Light for my insulated right pocket. Enter for a chance to win a onesie of your own by texting SHARKS to 28130. Then pick up a SHARKS 30th anniversary pack of Coors Light for your pockets. Program ends May 1st, 2021. Select residents of California, 21 plus only. Void where prohibited. See CoorsLight.com slash SHARKS for rules. Eligible zip codes and details. Drink responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide. Brought to you by Coors Light. Burns tosses to the middle. Couture, long pass, LeBanc. He's on the right, he's across the line. He moves up to the circle, throws in deep off the end boards to Kane. Out of Couture, back to Kane behind the net. Kane turns, throws it across the rink, star! Kevin LeBanc, right from the edge of the slot, ties the game 2-2. 
you know, I think that uh, originally, I think the plan at the beginning of camp was to have uh, uh, Vander Kane and Tommy Hurdle and Timo together, three big guys, power forwards. And then, you know, things didn't work out and you got to, you haven't played in a long time. You had no preseason games. And usually that's where you come into the, the, the beginning of the season after preseason, you find out, you know, who's working with who and what the chemistry on each line is. We didn't have that luxury. So it's a little bit trial by error at the first, uh, you know, five, six, eight games, I, I would say. But, you know, once uh, they got a little bit of everything, I think uh, Banker's really worked hard on his two-way game. Um, I think you could see he's got a nose for the puck. He's working hard. Um, he's never forechecked like he's forechecking right now. And Kaner and Kuch have uh, uh, this chemistry where, you know, they don't throw pucks away. Um, they're both big, strong guys. And, uh, you know, it works. I think that, uh, you know, Cooch has got the toughest job on the ice every night. Um, he did a heck of a job. They all they all did a heck of a job along with Bernsey and Mario on that big line. And, uh, you know, just uh, it's it's good to see them working. And also, you know, I think all the other lines have are starting to get some chemistry. I like the way uh, Rudy and Timo are playing together. And I know uh, it's usually Tommy's line, but, you know, they have chemistry as well. Welcome back, Kevin LeBanks, game time goal, and then Bob Bugner bringing us back in. And just to what Bugner was talking about, that line of Cooch, Kane, and LeBanc working so well, they do all provide something that is relatively unique and maximizes upon their skill set. When you put them together, it's all working and being offensively productive night in night out. I mean, we saw Cooch come through. He got an assist on the night. Kane had a goal and a couple of assists on the night. LeBanc, he's suddenly finding the back of the net and he's getting more assists as he goes forward. And that's exactly what you want to see. These guys are on the top line for a reason. Cooch and Kane have seemingly been carrying the offense for the Sharks for far too long, but you know, like we heard Bob Bugner talk about, even though LeBanc was putting forth great efforts, he wasn't getting rewarded. Well, now it feels like he is being rewarded. Similar story where you talk about the play you've seen from Timo Meyer. He is suddenly being rewarded with more impactful numbers. And that means that what they're doing in terms of the combinations they're putting out there on the ice, they're pulling the right strings. They're putting the right guys out there with each other. Here's the captain. I think we all we all have different styles of uh of play. Um, Kaner is uh, physical and, and hard on the forecheck. Banker sees the ice really well and he thinks the game well. And then I'm, uh, I think, slower than uh, slower than Kaner. And I, I think the game well as well. So kind of find those holes. Um, kind of, we, we've been reading off each other pretty well. So uh, it's been working. Um, you know, we've been tasked to go against the other team's top line. And tonight was a challenge against one of the best lines in, in the world. And I thought we did a pretty good job. Yeah, I would say they did a very good job. I mean, the goal that Landeskog scored was off the power play which you can't directly attribute to Cooch's line. So that means they did their job on the night. And the other goal that was scored on the night was by Gerard. So you had an incredible task of going against one of the best lines in the world, like Cooch alluded to, and they took care of business. One of the things that was talked about after the game was the style of game the Sharks played against the Avs. And it was questioned if that the Avs weren't ready for the Sharks to open it up. But Cooch didn't think that the Sharks opened up their game plan he thought that their effort on D was what led to their increased offensive opportunities and some frustrations for the abs. No, I actually disagree with that. I don't think we played a wide open style. I thought uh, we created offense because we defended hard. You know, that's the way this league works. You think if you open it up, you're, you know, you're going to go toe to toe with teams like that. But really in reality, if you play good defense, they get frustrated and that's what leads to odd man rushes and opportunities in their own end. Um, they don't want to play D their, their uh, skill lines don't want to play in their own end. No one does. I mean, I don't want to play in my own end either, but uh, especially the best players in the world, they don't want to defend. And when we had shifts at, uh, we kept the puck below the goal line where we cycled, we had extended 20, 30, 40 seconds in their end. Uh, they get frustrated and you know, they, they expend all their energy defending. So I thought that was a, a key for, for us tonight. 
And Logan was asked if this was a bit of a blueprint for what the Sharks have to do going forward. Yeah, I mean, that's how we're going to win. You know, we need everyone throughout the lineup, especially with Tommy being out now for, for a little while. We're going to need contributions up and down the lineup, and special teams are going to have to be good like they were tonight um, for the most part. I thought our kill did a good job against a very good power play. You know, they got one there, but uh, held them off the sheet the rest of the way, So, uh, and our goaltending was great. And then, of course, there was the play of Eric Carlson last night, which was spectacular. He looks like he's getting back into the form we expect of him. This is what Cooch saw from Carlson. Yeah, he looks good. Uh, he's he's moving uh, moving the puck. He's, he's jumping in the rush and um, sees the ice extremely well, obviously. That's his best attribute, the way he can find guys um, in open ice and make plays. Um, you know, he's at his best when he's jumping in the rush, and uh, he takes those first few strides in the defensive zone. Next thing you know, he's, he's at the far blue line. So he's got that explosive stride back, and uh, he's looked good. Here's Bugner on Carlson. Yeah, we uh, we talked a little bit about that this morning. I think he, uh, you know, that the 10 days or whatever he missed, uh, I th- it seems like he's got a good reset. I thought that he came back, and, uh, you know, he's doing those things with the puck that – we're used to seeing him do, and you can see he's exploding out of the uh, um, out of traffic. He's he's got that separation speed back in his game, and you know I just thought he's been a real confident player. And and you know for me it's great to see the puck moving. It's great to see the goal, but um, even more so for me is is you know him digging in defensively. And I thought that uh, um, you know that that's 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 the Eric we're used to seeing. And obviously you love the fact that Carlson is digging in on D because he is a defenseman. That's part of his job, but. You all know what he's capable of creating on offense, and a big part of his game is having that speed, and you saw Bugner and Couture talk about that explosiveness, that ability to create separation. If that's not there in Carlson's game, which it seems like it wasn't when he was dealing with the groin injury, he is a completely different player. But it seems like it's back, and he looked like he was able to get that separation, had that power, had that speed. And then Carlson was asked if he had any hesitation with the groin injury, and he offered this. I can't go anywhere else. I can't get any higher. You know, this is where, you know, it's the end of the road for me. It's, it's just putting it all on the line all the time. If I, if I break, I break. It's nothing I can do about it. Um, you know, I put in the time to make sure that I'm, uh, you know, as, uh, you know, prepared and, and uh, strong as possible and stuff like that you can't really control. So it's not something that I, you know, worry about at all. Um, you know, you got to try and, you know, give it your all and, and realize that, you know, I worked really hard to get to, to where I am and I'm at the top, top of the level right now. So there's, there's no holding back. And that's exactly what you need to hear from Eric Carlson. No holding back, no hesitation. Yeah, if you get injured, you get injured. But you can't be thinking about it. You've just got to be going out there and playing your game. And I thought that's what Eric Carlson looked like last night. He looked like he was playing his game. And we hadn't seen a lot of that from him this year. We'd seen some flashes of it, but we didn't see the full Eric Carlson experience. And I thought that last night was the closest we had gotten to that. And you hope that now... He will be able to build on this and put forward big performances because they're all big games going forward. Something Carlson talked about after the win. No, it's, I think every, you know, every game right now matters. You know, I don't really know how it's going to work out at the end, uh, you know, points wise, or if you're for, too far behind or too far, like, I don't really know. All we know is that every time you give away points, you know, it goes into uh, your division and it, you know, limits your chances. So now our, our toughest, toughest job is going to be to, uh, you know, back this up and, and, try and get on the roll and, you know, win a few in a row. That's been a problem for us, uh, you know, most part of the year. And uh, we play them again in, in two days and they're going to be a completely different team. Probably they're not going to be happy about what they, you know, did out there today. And uh, we got to find a way to get even better because uh, if we play at the same level we did today, I don't think it's going to be the same outcome. Yeah. And they shouldn't expect that Colorado won't be back with a pushback after such a 
tough loss for them. They expect better of themselves. And I imagine they're going to come out guns blazing when they take on the Sharks on Wednesday night. But I think that you saw a little bit in this game of what the Sharks are capable of and what you see they can do on the ice. And that was one of the things that Bugner was asked about after the game. Where has this team been? Yeah, I, I think we've been talking about this a lot. I think that uh, this is a team that has some great moments, but putting 60 together has been a, the challenge. And uh, tonight we put 60 together. I thought that, you know, between the second and third, we talked about, you know, uh, uh, talks enough, you know, words are, everybody's sick of talking about, you know, details and structure. Let's just go out and do it. We all know what we're doing here, you know, and everybody's just got to dig in. I thought each line contributed. I thought all the D played well. Obviously, Jonesy made some great saves at the right times. And, and that's the difference, I think. Uh, you know, that's how we need Jonesy to play and that's how we need Doobie to play the uh, you know he was one of our best players and I think that when we look at it from the 30,000 foot level this was the Sharks best win of the year it was not a perfect game but it was as close to a 60 minute effort that we've seen from the Sharks Eric Carlson yeah I think it was the most consistent win uh, you know it's 2-2 going into the third we're playing uh, one of the best if not the best team in the league so I felt like you know we didn't uh, we didn't hesitate uh, we didn't, you know, play not to uh, not to lose. I, I thought that, you know, we played to win the game. Uh, that doesn't mean that that's always going to happen, but it felt like that was uh, our mentality going into the third. And, uh, you know, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to risk it a little bit sometimes to uh, to win games in this league. And uh, I think we, we managed and did a good job in doing that, especially in the third period when, uh, you know, it was a tight game. One of the most reassuring things that came out of this game was the fact that the Sharks didn't panic when they got down 2-0 to one of the most potent teams in the NHL. That could have been a turning point in the game, but it wasn't. Instead, the Sharks seemed to redouble their efforts. They came roaring back. They won the second period, and they obviously won the third period. So as we wake up this morning, the Sharks are sitting at 18 points on the year, 8, 9, and 2. They are five points back of Colorado for the four spot in the West. Vegas is sitting on top, followed by St. Louis, then to everyone's surprise, Minnesota, and then Colorado. And you would love to be able to get some momentum going at this point. We have not had the Sharks get back-to-back -back wins yet this year. And even so, they've managed to stay around 500. You would think that there would be more losing streaks, but there haven't been. The Sharks have done a pretty good job at mitigating the damage. So over the course of the year, it's been one step forward, one step back, one step forward, one step back. And that's been the consistent theme. So maybe now the Sharks can take two steps forward before they take one step back that wraps it up for this edition of morning tide i will see you all on thursday morning after game two of this series against the abs for the san jose sharks i'm ted ramey signing off you've been listening to the san jose sharks morning tide brought to you by coors light on the sharks audio network colorado gets a shot to the net as a result of that it's a good save by martin jones on the near side off for and now a steal and a breakaway for leonard what's a dick shoot score back the other way Saved by Burton Jones out of nowhere. John Leonard. Out